Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. I just want a pot roast and some roasted vegetables. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And today, well, first, we've got an exciting thing, and then I guess it is an exciting thing, but it's a wild ride of an exciting thing. First off, we have a fantastic guest with us, a very old friend, one of my oldest friends in the world. You'll know him from the 24-hour video podcast, which is currently out now, we think, maybe, and you'll definitely know him from the pandemic hardcore uh, jokey but not really hardcore record uh, band Your Vice that is definitely out now. And you don't know him from other things. You just know him from those two things. But we've got Jason Gray. Jason, how you doing today? Hi. I'm good. Thanks for having Hello. me. Hello. Thank you for being here. And yeah, today we are doing... Well, this is a movie that pretty early on, Jay had reached out and said, I want to be on, but I want to do Kinjate at some point. <laughs> and I gave it to him right away. And I was I was like, there is no better person to go down the wild ride that is 1989's Kinjate, Forbidden Subjects. <laughs> and, oh, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the most fun way to do an episode of a podcast is to realize? I've made it this far without getting canceled, and now it's all over. It's like it's happening right now. I know. I mean, we all- Our first episode was Death Death Wish 2, so I don't know. That is true. Fair enough. We led right in with one of the strong, uh, real hard-to-watch ones from canon. And we're following up here. And I mean, you know, we got through, I think, the murky waters of Pirates- uh, right. <laughs> without getting canceled, so yeah. I, I think I think this will be fine. But yes, we we are doing Kinjate Forbidden Subjects, which we will get into. But uh, first off, so Jay, uh, a couple things. One, why did you go to Kinjate as your first thought? Like when because we often will ask the guests like, which ones do you think you yeah. want to do? And why did you think Kinjate? Yeah. Okay. It's you know, looking back <laughs> on it. <laughs> I might have I might rethink things but I I used to work at a video store uh in in Greenpoint in Brooklyn called Photoplay. Um and it was run by a guy who used to do the programming at Film Forum and his name is Michael Sayers. He's a brilliant guy, amazing taste in films. Um and and had no prejudice about genre films, he he saw it all as kind of cinema, and it, if it, if he liked it, he liked it. There's no guilty pleasures. There's just pleasure, and maybe all pleasure should be guilty. Who knows? <laughs> but um, uh, he was the first one to kind of sort of show me, make me aware of canon as more than just my childhood ideas of it being like washed up Lee Marvin films. I mean, these are my ideas of Lee Marvin, who I now think is one of my favorite actors of all time, but I'm seeing him right. in these sad kind of end of right. career things. Um, 
But he was like, these guys are, you, you've covered it on the podcast a million times, so I'm not going to like get too heavy into it. But these guys were real cineasts in their own way. They they gave a lot of great directors their like their final chance, blah, blah, blah. You guys have talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, and also, <laughs> there is a strange artfulness to the ones that even aren't, you know, made by auteurs. <laughs> Yes. You know, so so and I again, Charles Bronson, I only knew from later Death Wish films. And I was like, I don't like Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, you're stupid. Charles Bronson is great. And then showed me um, the bare knuckle boxing picture he made with Lee Marvin um, breakout, um, you know, a lot of old wet. Like there's tons of just amazing performances. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, this guy's amazing. The mechanic. He's and he's a hunk, you know, and then. And then he's like, well, you should watch, you should watch these later Bronson <laughs> films. They're really, really right. psychotic. And yes. <laughs> I watched in, in, in a row, like every night I'd bring a different one home. It was 10 till midnight. Yep. Um, the one that you guys just did, the name's escaping me with uh, Carrie Murphy's Snodgrass. Law. Murphy's Law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. She's yeah. so annoying. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Hey, and a then, needs a maid, man. <laughs> and then I watched Kinjite, and I just was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this movie is insane. Like, from the jump off, it's insane. Um, and so, you know, that was over a decade ago. Right. Um, and I hadn't seen it since. I think I know I've probably seen it once or twice again. But, but I only have these sort of bullet points. <laughs> that I remembered. Right. And I was like, opening scene, he sodomizes a guy. Like, right. I was like, that's crazy. What a nutty thing. And I'm like, and he, and I was also had a kind of fascination with all the uh, 80s sort of yellow peril films where people were afraid yeah. that, you know, like Black Rain and those kind of movies. Black Rain, Gung Ho, Gung Rising Ho. Sun. Yeah. Like, as there's a, novel, a ton. Like, yeah. There's a ton of them. And I remember this one being sort of, I was, I was the most interested in. I was like, this is crazy and like the main yeah. character is just straight up racist against asian people and he's the antagonist of the protagonist of the film yeah. freudian slip freudian slip in theory yes yeah <laughs> i mean because uh, in theory so yes <laughs> yeah anyway it just i it really stuck with me and uh, out of all those canon films and sort of the sleazy corners of their catalog yeah this one i thought especially like i'm a big fan of jay lee thompson the director mm-hmm we, which we can talk about whenever you're oh, prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love him. And I knew this was the kind of curtain call for him and for Bronson. It's the last canon film they did together. And it it's it's drenched in this kind of geriatric malaise. Like, these guys are like... <laughs> which is what it is. It's like... Yeah. Right. It, I mean, it yeah. is a, every Bronson film. And this one is the most, and we'll get into it, is just a just dripping and oozing with geriatric malaise. Yeah. And like you feel it yeah. build and it's like a snowball like of each one that he, yeah. that him and Jay Lee do together. And me and Frank are slowly gone down that fucking slow part. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the the idea that he is just like, no, Michael Winter just does two takes for every scene or three takes. I want to do two. That's all yeah. I've got in me. And Jay Lee Thompson's yeah. like, I want to start drinking as soon as I can. <laughs> let's get off get offset asap you know i mean there's no way that it wasn't second unit guys doing like 90 percent of the shots oh, anyway yeah. 
but definitely. But it, it, it's it's very art. It's still and like you know you can take me to task for this, and I might. But I feel like it's still a interestingly put together film, and it like it is. It is, and it looks cool, and it is so. But for for that kind of exploitation film, it does things it doesn't need to do. Yeah. Uh, constantly so <laughs> i i mean i i was like i was taking notes because i was like oh i should take notes sure but i i <laughs> i i found myself just pausing it not even for a note but just out of wonder of like i was like what yeah <laughs> what are they doing yeah. yeah it's just it's a it's a wild film and that's why i wanted it because i i was like oh this is the nuttiest of the bronson canon films and uh, I mean, I, I watching it again. I think that's still true, probably. But yeah, it's it's a lot more than I even remembered. So yeah, but it is. I mean, again, I'm glad you picked it. I would. I was gonna guess fifty two pickup at one point from you, but then I know you didn't. You only realized recently. Or yeah. Just kind of put two and two together. Yeah. Um, like two days ago, and I'm like, yeah. shit, I should have taken. I mean, that's a legitimately just great movie. Yes, it is. I think here's the. Int- I mean, here's also. You mentioned it in there because one thing we also, you know, a lot of times when we have a guest start off with is like, what was, you know, you've had, you know, many phases of like, your kind of like movie watching history and a, a lot of your beginning is kind of wrapped up in mine, like interwoven because it's like, you know, we, we grew up together and we're old friends, so we would watch everything together. But like, you mentioned the fact that like, yeah, you always were like, like I was the same of like, can't like Bronson stinks. Like I didn't, we <laughs> like, cause you know, what was your starting point for kind of really watching movies slash can it? Like, did you realize that can it was a thing until you start working at photo play or like kind of pieced together or did it, was it always kind of uh, wrapped up in, eh, it's just kind of some, a, a dumping ground sometimes. I, I think I didn't, I don't think I really recognized production companies as being a creative thing or right. force until I started learning more about film in general. And also, you know, how much of a, like, it's the most creative force in film. I mean, like, these are the guys who are like deciding essentially everything. Yeah. Um, and I knew the logo and I recognize it. I don't think it, it, I mean, as much as I'd like to think it does and probably you guys they don't have an aesthetic like there's not a canon aesthetic beyond just like they have a couple of tricks they're like we get old movie stars old directors we put tits in it there's blood Mm -hmm. and then also like barbe schroeder gets to make a movie so it's like (laughs) right (laughs) so it's sort of it's it's it never really clicked for me until i was i think really working at the video store where i was like oh there's this is like these guys have Golan and Globus being they they have a yeah. sort of a worldview that they're they have a mm-hmm. they have an idea about movies. So yeah. it was later. Yeah. It was later. Their their aesthetic is all over the map. Yeah. That's what the yeah. that's what the aesthetic yeah. is. Just that's all the shows an aesthetic is we just love film. Yeah. yeah. Like we'll throw it everything. in. Yeah, <laughs> throw it in and get some fucking exposition going. Um yeah, because that is the thing. Like it's like I I, I think and it you know it is what you said like growing up i don't think we didn't really watch like i still saw a lot of them either because they were on hbo etc but it's like we didn't watch the norrises or the bronsons like bronson felt like an old man then like, those were dad those was. were like dad movies those were right. like even yeah. though my dad didn't give a shit about 
Delta Force yeah. or whatever. I'm like, that's like what dads watch. That's right. not for me. But JCVD, like Schwarzenegger, like yeah, that yeah. was all, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, and when and of course Masters of the Universe and Break It, like it's like when you realize what the wide scope is, it's weird. But like the the main bread and butter being Bronson, that's why it to me. And we'll get into it. it I'm so glad you picked Kendrick and we finally did it because like one. It was a movie, like, watching, I was like, I'm horrified watching this movie at times. (laughs) And at other times, I was like, this is actually one of the better encapsulations of what the fuck we talk about with Bronson all the time. And with every (laughs) Bronson film, and it sums up the issues and the weird love I have for him, but, like, and the, the individual issues that have come up with dealing with him, especially in our current political climate, like, watching it. For sure. And I I think there's, there's, there's two points to be made here. One about Bronson, this whole thing where Bronson was, like, worn out by his persona post-Death mm-hmm. Wish, right? Right. And he was, he purportedly was always looking for new ideas. Like, he needed to be wowed by a new con- concept in the script. I mean, this is it. Like, and so I think this is it, for sure. I feel like he read this and was like, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, it's a vigilante picture, but, yeah, you know, we're doing something political here. Like, I don't right. know what he thought it was. He's but like, second- he's like, He's like, either it's either this or Willow. <laughs> Was he offered Willow? No, I just okay. <laughs> I would imagine his choices. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to say before we get too deep into it, my I was talking to my wife about doing this, and she's like, "So what is it?" And I was like, "Oh, it's about canon films." She's like, "Well, what is that?" And I started to tell her, and she just walked out of the room. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And then she told me would be able to do that too if she could. She she told me it sounded like you were mansplaining. I'm like, you asked me what it was. (laughs) And I realized there's there's no way to talk about canon without mansplaining. I mean, it's like oh yeah, that's the whole yeah. It's uh yeah. I mean, it's just a wild. I mean, all right, we should just start to get yeah. Let's just get into it. it. Okay, let's do some facts. So this is an 89er. Yeah, and and like you mentioned too, I I think like we'll get into it when we're talking about the actual film, but there is something so interesting that this is last Bronson canon, last 80s canon, or 80s Bronson film as a whole, last J. Lee Thompson. Like, this is this is a celebration of death, basically, yeah. um, in many ways. But, Frank, what happened in 89 here? Yes, Kinjate, Forbidden Subjects, uh, February 3rd, 1989, directed by J. Lee Thompson, budget of $5 million, gross of $3.4 million. <laughs> So Perfect. Perfect what were numbers. the top movies of 1989? All righty. We got Batman. Oh. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon 2, Rain Man, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Look Who's Talking, Ghostbusters 2, Dead Poets Society, Parenthood, and Back to the Future 2. So, Perfect time think- for Kijite Forbidden Subjects. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Flocking to the theater. Crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> where do you think this landed, uh, Jeff and Jay? What do you think? Where do you think this probably landed uh, that year? I mean, I'm going to go with my classic 88. I'm just like, what do you think, Jay? Oh, God. I mean, how many films do come out a year? I, I mean, I, usually Box Office Mojo will have about like 200 listed okay. in the 80s. So out of like, say, 200, where would you think this would probably fall? Oh, my, oh my Lord. I mean, 
I can only, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to go with Jets got maybe in the, like, in a hundred zone would be a guess. Yep, you would, you would be closer because the number really? is 136th place. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Frank, is yeah. this our lowest one besides no, no, ones no. that we haven't recognized, that don't well, have any numbers? <laughs> it's our, yeah, one that, we, yeah, because otherwise this is not, it doesn't chart at all. Right. Uh, but it was beat by Kickboxer and Cyborg, but it beat... Uh, these other canon films, uh, canon proper, that is, uh, American Ninja 3, Crack House, Manifesto, and Ten Little Indians. Ooh. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Crack House has Jim Brown. We just talked about Jim Brown. In oh, the, really? Yeah, okay. The Running well, Man episode. Guess right. uh, we can yeah. connect us up. Crack House. Donald Pleasance and Frank Stallone are in uh, Ten Little Indians. Yeah, Perfect. that's a that's a that's a skipper. That one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Wait, do you know Crack House, Jay? I do know, I do know Crack House. Yeah. I don't remember Crack House. I, there's not, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's not a lot to. It's unmemorable. <laughs> yeah, it's not super memorable. It's, 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 it's entertaining. I think okay. it's probably, it's, it'll be, it, you won't mind watching it, would be my yeah. review. I mean, well, we'll see if we get around to Crack House. <laughs> 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 Jesus, we're not giving such gluttons for punishment. Um, <laughs> man, yeah, so that is, I mean, that though does feel like that might be the lowest starting number I can remember where we actually know the numbers, which yeah. I mean that that sums up too that like even with this batshit movie, it's over for all of them. <laughs> like this is just like the death knell. Also, I'm fairly sure that Bill McKinney, the guy who played Father Burke in Kinjite, is in Back to the Future too, right? He is. He is. Yeah. So he what did double. He he's just like a he's like a roustabout cowboy. Like I feel like yeah. he's just that was sort of his thing. He was always like a pretty good. I might be wrong, but I think he's in. I Back feel like I too. looked it up and he no three. He's in three. three yeah. He's oh, an he's engineer. In oh, because he's yeah, also yeah, he's the cowboy. Right. Deliverance. Rambo I got First confused. Blood, who I can't I, picture him in Rambo First Blood. He's That's like his Kern. Must yeah. be just one of the. It's like the, a townie. The, he's a yeah. townie. I mean, he's got a towny face, and he's giving good advice in Kinjatay. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Man, okay. So, yeah, so that is uh, a family-friendly year. And then Bronson said, no, let's start doing some forbidden subjects. Uh, so, yeah, so the for anyone who hasn't watched this yet... Uh, uh, I'm amazed. Oh no, 20 minutes. That's about the right time to do my one sentence summary of what this yeah. movie is. <laughs> uh, this is another, uh, this is a classic Bronson. I love that you mentioned that, Jay, because the, the thing about him looking for good scripts, because I feel like we've read him like saying that about every single one of these Bronson films that Can has done. He's like, I'm always <laughs> looking for something interesting. And then I did this like, and I'm like, okay, messenger <laughs> of death. I guess that works kind of, um, but, uh, so yeah, so basically, what is this? Well, you're not going to believe it, people. Bronson is a cop who just does not like the system. And he is pissed off because there is a a pimp who is prostituting out little girls. And also, <laughs> <laughs> somehow, there is also Yellow Peril, Japanese racism worked in there, and eventually, uh, prison rape <laughs> jokes. Like, it's really honestly what the summary of this movie is. I mean, it's in like- this, this, this movie, 
Bronson's sense of justice is just having the person sodomized. (laughs) (laughs) That's his sense of justice. He's like, (laughs) he's like, the only way that we serve justice is turn around, boyo. What? I mean, that's the like I like one. This is the my wife sits through a lot. This is the (laughs) first movie she left. Because she was like, I can't, this is mentally, like, too much for me. I texted you, Jeff. I almost bailed halfway through because I was like, I don't think I can finish this. I honestly, I honestly, I got so upset uh, when they have the, they take turns, that part, (laughs) that I, like, legitimately was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I I could not. And then Jeff was like, "It, it, don't worry, it gets somewhat better it just chills out <laughs> stuck, like that's yeah, it chills out a little bit but like so i stuck with it and i'm glad i did uh because right. that ending but we'll get to it but like uh yeah i i just uh, it was too much for me i was just like i can't with this and we're but we did talk about how michael winner if it we're so grateful that jaylee thompson did this and even though that felt uh, like almost too much, uh, imagining Michael Winner doing that movie would would like no, there's just he would not have been. Oh my! It would have been no so, kids glove at oh all. God, like it would, it would be like just over the awful. top. And that's the beauty yeah. too. Is like I found some IMDb thing about fucking Bronson complaining about Michael Winner and his problem. Was what kind of Jay was saying? Yeah, it's just too many takes. <laughs> yeah, like not, it not wasn't the other that stuff. he's a monster. It wasn't that like he fucks around with people. It was more just like we do a shoot and he shuts down a street. I'm yeah. not dealing with that. I've got to get home for dinner. And that's right. another like this fucker is such an old man is obsessed with food, and we have noticed it as a fucking pattern. And this geriatric is freaking out about food. This he didn't carry movie. groceries in this one though. He wasn't throwing buttermilk at any cars like he does in fucking Murphy's Law. But, but he replaces buttermilk with uh, talking about pot roast and then sodomizing a man right in the beginning. But I do think like those are the two like that beginning is to me like sums up what this whole movie is, is an opening scene of. Again, where it's like a classic canon where it's like too confusing to be racist or too confusing to be uh, a pro-police or anti-police. But then most of the time this actually just turns to. But that opening billboard of like the LAPD and there's a young girl giving a flower. I know. It's yeah. like, oh, boy. It's, and then, it's politics are all over the place. It's kind of par for the course for canon where you're just like, what are you saying? Because within the same sentence... It'll be like, ah, I see what you're doing. And then they'll just undercut it completely with like a statistic from the LA Times or something. That like that line <laughs> was that was nuts. That felt to me like that was like some weird propaganda moment or something. Was exactly. Like 250,000. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was that's a that's crazy. a that's a Norris move. That's a Norris move because like in the movies that he does for Canon, it's always something he read in like Reader's Digest or he saw <laughs> yeah. in you know sixty minutes, and he's like, he's, you know, can he's you never it? read the whole fucking article. Like <laughs> Norris always, has he's the always, headline guy. <laughs> yeah, he is a headliner. I mean, that is the thing. Like my wife talking about this morning, she was like, I feel like there's definitely some dudes out there who could find a way to be like Kinjate is the beginning 
of QAnon and Pizzagate. Like, this is like there's a line that could be connected to all of it. And it did solidify that with this movie, that it's what we keep talking about with Norris versus, with fucking Molasses 2x4 versus good old Bronson. Is that, like, they would both have been there on March 6th at the Capitol. (laughs) But, like, Norris would be in the back taking photos and just being like, I just love America, vaguely. And then... Bronson would have been storming the Capitol <laughs> and would have been like running around with like QAnon Shaman and John Schaefer from Iced Earth, but and also would have somehow made you feel bad for it because you're the reason he's there. You so know, I, I've never, I've never, I think I do this with a lot of artists that I like, is I purposefully. <laughs> Don't know what their pol like. I don't know what Bronson's yeah. politics are. I can assume. I. I mean, I remember when everyone was trying to cancel John Wayne like a couple years ago. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Playboy. I was like, who? Who do you think right. he is? <laughs> but uh, I know John Wayne. It, was was Bron- was was Bronson like an outspoken? Let me reword no. that actually no. to to you. It, I would say actually the the persona of Bronson in right. his film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. don't fucking yeah. know. Norris on the other end is more of like. Norris, we we always say that like Norris in his movies, but also in life is just kind of one of those like kind of lax pro America guys. Like he'll just listen to like new country, but he'll just like he'll be fine with you. But he'll just be like, but America's pretty good. Versus mm-hmm. like Norris, it, like in the version that him and especially him and Jay Lee and Michael Winner give across is the world is just a scumbag place. Yeah. And only really me, but I'm also a piece of shit, but I'm also really the good guy. Like, and it's this weird, confusing (laughs) mix. How he is in real life, I actually have no idea. Because it seems like anything you read about Bronson, it really is just about, like, I want to be home for dinner. Like, that's all I care about. Well, see, that's why I don't think Nine to five shooting. I I don't think he would have stormed the Capitol. He probably would (laughs) have stayed back, too. He probably just would have been like, yeah, okay, go ahead. You know, like I'm gonna be if back that's here. what you think's important. <laughs> yeah, if you think this is gonna do anything, go ahead. Yeah, putting faith in the government at all is not his style. So I think it's yeah. <laughs> I just think he's also an interesting. It was in this movie that I realized that he plays this archetype that is malleable to every personality, <laughs> like and like more so than others. Like you've. Frank, you always have a visceral reaction to Bronson. Yeah, because like I know guys like that. I've grown up right. with like, you know, dudes like that because growing up in Texas, you know, those very like cold, you know, like just they give you nothing, you know, and it's always judgy. It's just always like a thing that they just size you up with one word, one or two words. And you're like, fuck. Right. No matter what you do, it's never good enough. (laughs) And that's like, it was like my wife's version was a completely different, like she couldn't deal with the fact that he just like always has this version of the world where it's just like, everything is terrible. Everyone is a racist except for me, but I am, but I'm cool. Like in this (laughs) weird half-ass, like getting around it sort of way. But that's what is so old man about him. Like again, he leads in this movie with, a conversation about nouveau f- California cuisine. Which can we, by the way, take a, a moment to reflect on like the first spoken lines in this film of him and Perry Lopez, who, by the way, we love Perry Lopez, I w- would imagine here yes. on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Um, we do. The only actor who's in two films with exclamation points, Che and Bandolero. 
Um, (laughs) Perry Lopez, I think, is like the whole cast, by the way, stacked with great utility actors, people who are like, yeah, yeah. Rifleman, I'm on Airwolf, I did A-Team, I was uh, in Miami Vice, like, you know, and they're all trying, you know. Um, But that first scene of them in the car talking about Nouveau French cuisine, I was right away, I was like, hmm? And then, but the baby doo-doo line. (laughs) Wait, what was the baby doo-doo line? Do you not remember that? You don't remember that? Dude, I I, I paused it and like walked around the house because I was like, (laughs) what? Because the way he delivers it. Yeah, so he he goes. They're talking about the the future of cuisine, and and Bronson, of course, is saying it's going to be returned to pot roast, never pot roast in, in a million years. Vegetables, and then Perry Lopez he goes he goes because their their uh, he goes their vegetables don't look like baby doo doo. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> says it such a. Funny I was words. overwhelmed Completely. by Bronson talking about food again. <laughs> the baby, baby doo the baby the first the first <laughs> note I have written down just says baby doo doo. That's, That's my what first I, have too. I mean, that is the beauty. It's like we've talked about the key to one of the keys to a good action star is to have an awesome entrance. And like Schwarzenegger knows how to do it always. Like he's walking out of <laughs> And so does Perry smoke. Lopez. <laughs> and Perry Lopez <laughs> has it figured out. <laughs> I mean, that's happened in Murphy's Law too. The first time we see Bronson, he's an old man walking down the street holding groceries, <laughs> oh, yeah. groceries. and almost that's gets right. run over by yeah. a car. Yeah. And he's like, yelling like Grandpa Simpson. Hey, wait, I'm a cop. And I think I think it's a good time to address the age thing too because right at the beginning oh, of yeah. the film when uh, uh nicole eggert is that mm-hmm. her name from baywatch yeah she nicole she eggert. was walking into the and charles her, in charge her, oh sorry yeah of course <laughs> give her the she's proper respect in, check <laughs> she's walking into her date i'm using quote fingers yeah um and he said she looks about the same age as my daughter and i was like <laughs> i didn't know at first i was like what and i'm because my dad is 70 and i'm right, 42 yeah. I'm right, 42 yeah. years old. Yeah. And I did the math. His daughter is supposed to be 15. He would have been 53 when he yep. got his wife pregnant. <laughs> First of all, it's irresponsible to have him on the beat as a cop at yes. 68 years old. 68, I mean, that's just yeah. like completely insane. <laughs> Which is a common in fucking Jay Lee Thompson and Bronson action films. Ever. Like the young buck on the police force is always like 54. Like, yeah. Tops. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, like he, I mean, I now I'm like wondering what age he thought he was coming across as in this movie. Like, it's, did he think he was pulling a 40? I mean, he's, and he's at, 45. he's at like, he's at dentures stage. Like he's like, he's advanced. Yeah. Age. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not a, there was a period and, and this one I was surprised didn't have it where he's so old that he can't be the love interest. So he has like a yeah. young partner or there's like someone else who's who like has the sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one did not have that, but he is like, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's so clear. He's old. Just how the fight scenes are cut. I, I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yes, that is a, like one. It is not in a make of like he legitimately, there were a couple times where I was like, he's, he's starting to show like Alzheimer. Like he does, he looks like. He doesn't know where he is. Oh, he's like, reading lines. There's a card right next to the camera. I mean, he's reading lines <laughs> off the camera right. like the entire time. There's no question about it. That scene. Yes. Not to jump ahead, but the the captain who the Please actor do. I don't know, but he's oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's amazing. He's really yeah. like rings every inch of that role out of it. <laughs> out of <laughs> and and there there's a two shot because <laughs> I guess like. 
Jay Lee Thompson didn't want to shoot cover. He just wanted to shoot coverage only, maybe. Like, there's no. Right. And and Bronson's like, I'm talking to you. I'm saying my lines. And he's looking over here. And now here's my next line. I'm saying this because he's definitely like reading. <laughs> it's uh, it's beautiful. It just allows for his delivery to be extra insane every single time. Yeah. But it is the fight scenes are Ooh. like edited insanely because there's like two to three cuts for every single punch. Yeah. Like because you're like, oh yeah, you're this isn't ever gonna the one time they have a full shot of him doing an action move is when he does that kick and he definitely almost falls over. And has a look <laughs> on his face of like, oh shit, this went too far. The only other move you ever see him do is like when the when the stunt man runs at him and he goes just moves his arms and the guy flies through the air like he's throwing yeah. him. That's the other one. <laughs> But it's not him. Like, he's just not in... He's essentially not in the movie unless he's speaking. Yes. You know, like, every yeah. stand-in... Like, you know the shots behind his head. That's a stand-in. Like, he's just not there. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and yet, you, we, we... So we mentioned it before. If you haven't watched this movie, at least watch the beginning. So this movie does open <laughs> on... Uh, well, they do an interesting uh, setup for the whole movie of giving us some cuts of different scenes uh, in the title sequence to to jump ahead to Duke doing some rails and me realizing, oh, that is going to be Nicole Eggert getting a whip with Vaseline, <laughs> etc. Yeah. from the cake briefcase. Yeah. Crazy that Nicole Eggert's doing Charles in Charge at that exact moment. Takes no. a break from Charles really? in Charge. Yeah. Wow. And this isn't a like gonna like kind of like uh, my career my my job is done now I'm gonna change my tone. This is a mid tone change, which is I assumed it move. was like a pre TV Nicole Eggert. I just assumed it was like one no, of the first roles. No, it's like because it's eighty nine. I think that went until eighty nine ninety. So it's wow. like a weird right in between. And I was worried she wasn't gonna be in it again. I was like, that's it. You're only you jumped in for only the <laughs> yeah. cake beginning. Um, I had the same thought. Every single thing that happens in this movie, watching it, you have to remember that he sodomized a man with a vibrator on a police scene where he's making an arrest. Like, and it it's hard to have that come out of your mind throughout this whole movie. Well, Especially when he goes home to his wife and his wife is just like, what's going on? He's like, I did something bad. I know. Well, that's that's the thing. The next shot that they show of him, he's wiping his hands with a t like a, a dish towel. Yeah, he's washing. He's yeah, washing. He's his washing hands. his hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, got to get this up before I eat some pot roast. Uh, but then, <laughs> God, but then like, she's just like, he's like, home. basically just telling her like, I I really fucked up this time. Like, I think this is it for me. And she's like, ah, somebody just got the Irish up in you. <laughs> right. He's like, ah, I love you, baby. Yeah, that. I, I made a note about that, too, because, well, first of all, a, a, an incredibly poor performance from Peggy Lipton of Twin yes. Peaks, yeah. the, who, who's yes. the wife. Yeah. I mean, she's just like maybe the worst thing in it. It's <laughs> yeah. like she doesn't she's on pills or something as weird as happening right. with her. But she when she says, you didn't lie, you didn't steal. And I was like, he just sodomized yeah. a man. <laughs> he, <laughs> it would have been better if he lied or stealed, like a stole. Sorry. <laughs> After he yells at a guy yelling, you dirty bastard, you get pleasure for hurting kids. In that case, you're going to feel like what it's like to be one of those kids. Yeah. His mental changeover is, I did something today, something stupid. 
That's yeah. it. That's his yeah, only yeah, yeah. explanation. Yeah. And yeah, and then he's just like, yeah, you're right. I did. It was just the Irish in me. No, this is a wild ride. I had a hope that it was going to be like that uh, that Clint Eastwood film. Is it Tightrope? The one where he like goes undercover in the oh, SNL yeah. scene and then he gets like all, he gets all horny about it <laughs> yeah. like as he's doing it. And I'm like, oh, maybe, but like, maybe I'm forgetting and Bronson is getting like horny about doing this to dudes or, and I was hoping, but it didn't, it never just, it never comes oh, up God, again. No. It he's turns gonna, up his kink, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to let that happen. Not, yeah, in, exactly, not in a Bronson yeah. film. He's like, that's disgusting, Jay. I would never do that. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, this is the movie that has cocaine uh, zombies in it. <laughs> Wait, where? Well, because like every time he tries to break up, like with that first scene, and then also in the uh, like rage zombies, like and then that music video scene or the oh the porn, porn scene. scene, yeah, oh yeah. right, yeah, everybody's just like fuck you, cop, and they're just like <laughs> throwing shit yeah. and just like yeah. picking, like they have this extra strength and they're on cocaine. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like what? <laughs> and no kung fu. Like I mean, that's basalt. a classic LA porn set. Most of the guys know kung fu and been blowing yeah. rails all day. And and the uh, and the entire musical soundtrack is played on vinyl. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Smashes the vinyl huh? with his fist. Insane. Because they definitely retook it, or they were like, "Let's bring that song back. Move the needle back. This is how we do it on." Set. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a thing that's really odd because for uh, two guys who want the least amount of work possible to add this element that's never existed oh in film history with this like extra yeah. prop, it's like, why are we doing? Like, why is this happening? It is a weird thing that you said, like, it's when it's, like, a bunch of dudes who don't want to do a lot of work, but, like, the movie does so much extra work than it needs to do. Like, it's, like, the, it is, like, the dictionary, def like, if, if you looked up hat on a hat, there would be just a picture of Kinjite forbidden subjects. Like, every time they do something else, you're just like, I didn't need that else. Like, I didn't need this scene. I didn't need you to add in another jump to Tokyo. And then, like, even in a weird way, oh, the, man. the goosing of his daughter doesn't turn into what? much of anything. At all. Which is surprising. I, uh, I, will, I, I will go to bat for this, though. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. Well, let's let's talk about. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you want to organize it, but uh, I thought that I <laughs> liked the that. fact that. So you know, there's the scene, the the first scene on the Tokyo subway where he's like watching that woman get molested, and in classic right. exploitation film form, you're like, I guess she kind of likes it, you know, or whatever. And then they try yeah. to play it off as a cultural thing. And then it happens on the bus, and then everyone's telling Charles Bronson throughout the entire film, it's not a big deal. They're like, it happens, you know? Yeah. It was don't right. say don't say molest. That's crazy. And he's like, well, you know. And I was kind of on Bronson's side. I was like, it's kind of bad. I mean, it's bad, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, but I did like, there was like, I felt like that scene where they bring the present to Charles Bronson and she recognizes him and he recognizes right. her and nothing happens. I was like, this is great. This is like, this is what a smarter film would do. Like, this is what would happen in life. This isn't like her being like, I'm not, I'm internalizing this. I know what my dad is like. This is trauma. I'm not ready to like speak out about. And the right. guy is embarrassed and they still play a whole scene in a room together. That was the most advanced dramatic choice in that entire film, I would say. But you, you think I I'm mean, giving it too much credit, Frank? 
<laughs> I think so. I think you're doing what we usually do is where we rewrite or try to give it context of being like, oh, okay, that's what I, I don't think that's what I like that ex explanation a lot because that makes me feel like there is um, because that's where I meant by like the confusing politics of it, because it does feel like they're trying to make a point of being like about different cultures and about shame and about like what we're able to talk, talk about, or even about like how we view race, you know, in America and all the, all these different things. But then it's like, who's the messenger. And it always kind of feels like the, the messenger is a little bit flawed. And like, even with Bronson yeah. saying like, when they asked him <laughs> about like how, <laughs> how they feel like how he's like, Oh, how do you feel about you playing this racist character? And he's like, you know, well, that's how people feel. You know, I'm play it's yeah. like, well, okay, but that quote is the most like Trumpian quote, just like in the wording. Like, it's just that classic where it's just like, it's just what's been going around. I don't know. I'm yeah. not the one saying it. I'm not yeah. the one. Yeah. Which is I perfect. mean, I mean, the idea that Charles Bronson gives a fuck at all about the yeah. politics. I mean, he does not care. <laughs> no. At all. Not and some reporters asking him, and he hasn't even thought about it for two seconds. He's like, <laughs> but that is also why. I might be on, I want to be on, I get it because it's, that scene is interesting. And there is a, there's the possibility with these people that it could be an actual film, like thought out moment, but I am just hard pressed at that point in their lives in yeah. the movie <laughs> I mean, to I allow don't... it. But I, but I agree. I like that take. I mean, I do think there, that makes it at least interesting. No, I mean, I don't say, think they thought about it. I think they were trying okay. to be done with that plot. They were trying <laughs> yes. to be done with the plot line. But the fact yeah. that they were so waste, they were just like, all right, let's just, we're, now it's about the pimp. We're done with this now. I thought right. it created an interesting, I mean, and that's why movies are good, right? I mean, yeah. it's like these guys being sort of lazy about these storylines made an interesting cinematic moment in a film that otherwise, you know, predictably he would have like beat that guy up or killed him or whatever, you know? Right. And instead, he just goes. He he just walks out of the house. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I that is the most, you know, fun. Like I've talked about before. It's like why one of the reasons, the billion reasons I love giallos and Italian films is just like it's the wondering the whole time, like how much of this was intentional, how much of it wasn't intentional, how much of it was subconscious, like filmmaking, how much of it is they stumbled upon something that's actually interesting, <laughs> and, my and you never is, know. Who cares? <laughs> I, I do to because some I mean in the end I do and I don't in that I'm just in it's more that I get interested like I would be interested yeah. in the concept but ultimately I yes I agree like that's also why I can watch all those and it's like it doesn't matter because it's just like anything it doesn't fucking matter what the trans like the translation is all that matters the translation but, to me the translation to whoever else is watching it. again like even going back to the fact that like bronson has somehow morphed into this malleable archetype character that can like make my wife think something completely different as she's watching it than i'm watching it and Frank has something completely different. And I'm just like, I think he's not even trying. He's just but thinking about getting home to his wife there. What what I wondered though is like, how do you uh cap that arc? Like how how what how do you resolve that arc? Like, so say that if like she did like say something, being like, that's the guy, then what's the message? 
overall like then it's like then it kind of like you're you're kind of painting yourself into a corner there yeah being like okay so we just spent this whole movie kind of doing this one thing and now we have to deal with this again then it's like well how do you deal with that the bronson's like i'm sorry i didn't help out your daughter sooner but then you also touched mine so therefore i'm going to kick your ass so you know what i mean like it just it's, it's, an, unresolvable, it's, an, it's an unresolvable script issue and i think if you were to like if you're in an outline you'd get to that point you'd be like oh fuck what do we do and if you're like robert town or something you spend a lot of time and you figure it out and these guys were like right. we were shooting tomorrow so you know it's like that's the end of it yeah. it's kind of like Moved right. On. So I think to your point, Jay, I think it's like almost like I think it was out of necessity that they kind of left it alone. But oh, for without sure. Knowing it, they yeah. actually did do something that was way more profound <laughs> in right. the in the necessity Absolutely. where it's like, oh, yeah, if you think about it and you break it down, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, I could see that. But really, they're like, well, I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly it's, right. It's lost, you know, the last season of Lost. I don't know. <laughs> what you've got is Bronson like tapping on his watch, just going, "Let's get yeah. it moving." Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta have dinner with my family. <laughs> I gotta take a nap. Um, <laughs> but because I do think that's it's like it's why also maybe now that I'm thinking about that scene is so interesting because it's also capping on top of which is the canon aspect of it to me is like wildly vacillating tones and. And points of view of, like, just the simple fact that, like, his daughter gets groped on the bus. He already has racist tendencies. He's just like, screw it. I'm a racist. He's like, I'm not dealing with any cases that have Asian people. And it's just like, okay, like you can't do that. You're a cop. I love <laughs> well, that. Well, we found out it was more when the captain was yelling yeah, at yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, everything. shit. He really yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like all he has to do is have one meeting with Lightning from Big Trouble in Little China. Right. I loved it. And that's, also the soldier in um, Invasion USA. That's what the fuck the other character. I was like, got to text you. That guy was late. That yeah. guy is is very handsome. And I think he's great. Like, yes. I, I, yeah. think, I, I think he's awesome. I think he's fantastic. So that, he meets up yeah, with him. Awesome. And then on the drive home, it's just like, well, I'm still not sure I like Asian people, but... He's got a daughter, and she's like mine, and screw it. I'm going to throw my career out the window and save her. It's just like, okay. I think, think, again, with this lazy script thing, that there are, like, this him never resolving. There's never, like, he never gets, like, Bronson is never, comes back as being, like, he's redeemed. He's, He's now learned that that all Asian people are just like us and they're trying to make a life in America and <laughs> right. whatever, whatever. Never happens. Never happens. The fact that he helped save his yeah. daughter, who then overdoses, that's his kind yes. of redemption. But through the right. whole movie, and I think, the, <laughs> here's the thing I think where you, you we're kidding ourselves a little bit thinking that this is just like some idiot was just like scratched it out and threw it away. There's themes happening throughout the film, like this whole sort of Christian like parochial school talking to the yes. talking to the oh, priest yeah. and then this eastern sort of godless who knows what's going on you know that comes up again and again and again and even in that scene with James Pax and his wife when they're still in Tokyo and oh, she's yeah. like she pulls out all the manga and she's like why are you reading this and he's like these right, are yeah. adult comic books i mean they're they're trying to address this like mysterious cultural difference between these two like that grown men are reading perverted comics. You know, there's, <laughs> right. there's, and there's, 
thematic stuff that comes up again and again and again. Like, why is the priest in the movie for fuck's sake? If not just to be like, we have religion. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and then also there's that part with Nicole Eggert where she's like, I wasn't doing it against my will. Yeah, she's yeah. She's like, yeah. they weren't the ones that did that to me. And to me, that felt kind of like, I was like, oh, that's such an interesting viewpoint. At that time, you definitely don't hear that type of, you know, viewpoint from a movie that has to deal with like prostitute or, you know, sex work. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it, it felt like, oh, okay, they're saying something. But then the next moment, you're like, completely undercutting it you yeah. know what i mean like it just like that th this movie felt full of like cool moments like that where you're like oh this feels oddly progressive and then just completely gets <laughs> undercut by let's not something. go crazy <laughs> yeah i know it's definitely I know. the most progressive movie we have watched so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but i but, i mean what were you gonna say frank sorry Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, uh, yeah, the religion aspect is definitely one of those things where it's like, like, can you believe it? They're saying that, you know, uh, this it's foolish that we believe in Christian, you know, that we have Christian values. But then it's also like, oh, but like their stuff is weird. And like, you know, but then you could kind of weigh it against each other and be like, well, aren't we all just kind of weird in what we believe? Right. <laughs> I think yeah. it's also, I mean, that's also the again, to me, the canon aspect of having so much random exposition throughout. Like, that's where it also, to me, layers on an, a, a confusing extra layer where, like, constantly there's the exposition of, like, over-explaining that there's differences between our cultures, but then also difference, like, the Japanese businessman, Lightning, is getting explained to himself about his own culture like three times over. Yeah. And then Bronson's getting explained. It's just like this over, over yeah. explanation. Yeah. And also like, what about can't, the titular can't line? English. Oh yeah, do it. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, what? the titular line scene uh, where yeah. he literally says, and they pan in as he says it, Kenjite forbidden subjects. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. It's like, was that just the scene to... <laughs> the well, also the, the way poop, that they... <laughs> Exactly. The way they approach it is he's saying, like, I'm having problem with my bowels. And he's like, you can't bowels, talk about yeah. that. You can't talk about anything under the belt. So then then like that's the sexual undertone. But the and then the, it's like the title is about shitting. Like it's very right. You <laughs> let in weird. with bowels. You 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 started with bowels. That's what it, it's just like yeah, that's what Bronson starting with sodomizing somewhat. Like that's what the movie will be uh. for the rest of it. That was uh, the first draft. Is it was actually just about our bathroom culture, oh, uh, man. the differences. That was the first draft. Asians <laughs> poop about like what this. we do in the bathroom. Americans poop like this. Um, <laughs> I think uh, James Pax has a great line too when he first gets to uh, America. And he's out for the first time with American bar girls, mm -hmm. and oh, he yeah. puts his hand on the girl's breast and he goes, "One hand with a drink, the under other hand with a breast." And I was like, <laughs> and "The guy's like, well, you can't really do that." And I was like. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad theory. It's like it's, it's not funny. terrible. I mean, it would work. I mean, it's a good lie. I mean, yeah, there is a you mentioned it briefly. There, like, I know it's just like because it was just easier to have them speak English, but it does add another confusing layer that oh, they bungle they, they bungle that so bad. Yeah, Japanese businessman in a English class. And he clearly is so confused, not only just by cultural differences, but just wording where he has talk about his bowels. Yeah. And then they're speaking Japanese at home, but then definitely all are speaking English to each other back and forth. And then when they get to America, it's just a gamble of what it's going to be. 
Oh, and, and they're I, speaking it, English better than Perry Lopez, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, like, doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. Yeah, he also has, like, the thickest, like, New York, like, LAPD. That's one of my favorite tropes of, like, any cop just has a thick either New York or Chicago accent, no matter where yeah. they're hey, at. Hey, I'll see yeah. you down in Echo Park, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a slice down in Echo Park. Go to Massa's, get that Chicago-style pizza. I did you love when they the realized they were in LA out of nowhere and they're just like talking about Echo Park, gonna get the beat that at Glendale. They're just like throwing <laughs> names at you. Um, you think those guys are gonna leave the metropolitan area to shoot a film? You're no. nuts. Yeah. You're nuts. <laughs> I will say, just thinking about that, just thinking about LA, uh, Frank, where was was uh Bronson's house the same place at the end of Lionheart? It looked like the same shooting it, area, right? It did. Well, they they reused quite a bit from uh, Lionheart and from or not Lionheart because Lionheart wasn't a, a cannon, but but same uh, shooting was, places definitely. Which I imagine they were just, definitely it was in the same there. locations. But like uh, I noticed a few things that they re reused, uh, mostly soundtrack wise from even uh, Murphy's Law. Or oh, even really? even gore, like yeah. we just watched gore, because that groovy doll song uh, <laughs> turned up on the radio when they were listening to it. It's like groovy doll, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was, and they they didn't even credit it. No, at the end of the, or even the song that they sing on the bus where they're like party. Oh yeah, to tell you mom to, and like they don't credit any of that stuff. I've been trying to look up who sings fucking groovy doll, and I can't find it because it wasn't credited to Greg DeBell's. Who did the music? Uh, Greg, Greg Bells is great. Bells. He also did Lombada, so we'll be dealing with him uh, again at some point. I, I didn't hate the music. No, I I actually really like. Yeah, music the music's pretty great. Yeah, this is going too far, but there there were a couple moments where I was like adjacent to Skinny Puppy drum style. There's like a kind of like a <laughs> yeah. no. A there's stick- a scene. There's a scene. I made a note of this, and I was like, I'm not going to talk about it because no one's going to know what I'm talking about except for Jeff. There's a scene in the the Tokyo bar. It's like him and his boss, James Paxson, his boss, and they're drinking. And it sounds like a DAF song. It's like sounds oh, really? like I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I tried to Shazam it, but yeah. it wouldn't pick it up. But I'm right. convinced that they used some property that's real to just not. I believe pay anybody. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they did, didn't I mean, credit, it had they didn't a, pay a, for it. EBM like style to some of the oh, stuff. Oh yeah, and then for sure. Yeah. Uh, and there's around the crane scene, like all that music was super <laughs> awesome. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is, oh. you know, in comparison to the weirdness of just that whole section. But um. uh, when they're when they're outside of the 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 porno theater, there's a couple of uh, cannon posters, by the way. Oh, there are. There's Emmanuel Four. Yeah, oh, right. Uh, there's it's on the marquee. Uh, yep. Hot chili, and then uh, there was one for salsa. Okay, look at them. They know how to do it. Yeah, and they the, know the guy, exactly what to do. The guy who played the porn theater, Barker, that guy was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He oh, was yeah. Awesome. He was amazing. He was really good. There's a um, few small extra roles that I, I made note of that I, I thought he was really good. The best actor in the entire film, I'm convinced, is the hot dog. Oh, the ice cream salesman with the kids. Yeah. For him. <laughs> yeah. He's so yeah. good. You're like, this yeah. is the best guy in the whole movie. And then... I, I'm sure you've noticed it, but the security guard in the final scene. Yeah, baby. Yeah. He's back. Terry Bruce, he's, Terry Bruce Hiplo. 
We just yeah. had him. Is he in Murphy's Law too? He's in Murphy's Law. He's, 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 he's a hotel okay, clerk cool. at, in he Murphy's Law. He plays a hotel Laws. clerk being yep. a jerk as well. He's back. That. Nice. It is exciting <laughs> when he shows up in one of yeah, these. Yeah, that was fun. Like, his yeah. career is insane. When you look at his IMDb, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. He's oh yeah, because he's a big Power voice Rangers. actor. He was a yeah, uh, he was a voiceover actor. Yeah. yeah. But I also I really would like to say that I think I think that um that Juan Fernandez and um what's his Levon Cy Richardson. Those guys were really, really good. Yep. I think yeah. like, they did. Yeah. I mean, Cy Richardson, I have always liked. He's like an Alex Cox standard. He's in like every Alex Cox film. And um, yeah. and Juan Fernandez, I think always, like the scene where he feeds him his watch, that's a ridiculous scene. It's so stupid. He plays it great. Like Really I great. Like, you could see the yeah. veins just popping. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, like I was convinced that, you know, I, I just really, I really thought they they did the best they could. <laughs> that scene. I recognize Sai. I was like, who? Do, where do I recognize Sai from? And I re- realized that he was uh, from. Uh, he's the coroner in uh, Pushing Daisies. Oh, oh yeah, he does. Yeah. He shows up at that. He does. Yeah, I was like, and why does he look so from that face? He's in. He's in. They live. Also, he's part of. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the revolutionaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the watch scene is what broke my wife. Like, I mean, that oh, was really? like, it's hor- for it's some horrible. reason. It's it is horrible. horrifying yeah. to yeah. watch. Like, even just the fact that, again, let's remember the first scene with Lil Bronson as that Lil smile, that Lil Bronson smile we talk about all the time, looking at that watch, and he goes, I want to shove this up your ass, but I don't want to dirty my hands. And we're, yeah, like, yeah, back yeah. on the ass? <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah. you are the ass, man. Just shove it up there like a vibrator, man. But, like, watching him eat that thing was insane. <laughs> And then yeah. burn his car down and make it explode. Just and way over the line. Totally. Way over the line. And that also, ain't cool. I'll just say it. I'm going to be the one to say it. Not cool. <laughs> but just watching those two guys in the frame together, and Juan Fernandez is like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm an yeah. actor. And yeah. Charles Bronson's like, I got to get out of here. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it's he literally, he's just like, it. he's like, you'll see, I'm letting your car on fire. And he's screaming, there's spit <laughs> flying out of his mouth. You know, it's. Yeah. And then Brat's over there, little smiles. You're going to have to stick your head between your legs to tell the time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> see what I did? That's a good line. It's a good as line. He's, as he's acting his ass off, Bronson's he's like, I'm not in the shot, am I? Yeah. <laughs> I could go. But I do, I, but there's something to be said for just the fact that this guy is one of the last of the old school movie stars. Doesn't sound yes. like anybody else. Doesn't look like anybody else. No Except one pays to see him Bronson disappear clone. into a. Right, exactly, yeah. But no one pays <laughs> to see him like disappear into another character. No. They want to see him be him. But he also has and a he, very weird line in that scene where he's like, when when Juan is screaming at him, saying like, uh, "What is it? Like you're a, you're a, you're a wild dog, and I shoot wild dogs. I like eat yeah. their guts or whatever." And then he says, he's walking away. He goes, uh, he says, uh, he's like, "That's a uh, it's a good line, but dangerous." I was like, "What?" Yeah. Exactly. That's what does that mean? I we I would guess we've talked about these Bronson moves before where he said that and everyone said the same reaction you did. And then he goes, I think that one's good. I yeah. think we I think we yeah, got it. We got it. Let's move on. A good dinner. <laughs> and Jay Lee's drunk in the corner. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I think we got this shot. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God from Ed to the Ninja shows up. Yeah, right. Oh, I wish. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Let's have a drink with shooting at Bransonville. Here's a question music-wise. Because uh, I just wrote, what is this song during the swimming match? 
Mm. Oh, I wrote that down too. Yeah. Because <laughs> the whole show is like really like lyrics. intense. It was. And like, also no the fact that they're- No matter where I go, no matter what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like they're oh, swimming God, in like a penitentiary yeah, oh. pool. It like, looks like they're swimming in Definitely. a jail. That's uh, probably cheaper. Thank and all, oh, the, yeah, the all the lines is... were directly referencing the plot, right? Basically? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It's a I'll Murphy's watch Law over movie, you and man. make you feel safe. Right. Ugh. The, the the thing, another thing, uh, again, where it's like kind of like, uh, I could see how you're tra- the co- confusing politics where they're talking, they're talking about like, isn't it terrible how they're exploiting these young girls? And then yet some of these shots are like very much exploiting these young girls. And you're like, I, classic uh, exploitation moves, right? Where you're yeah, just like yeah. constantly just like, this isn't supposed to be sexy or erotic, but are you thinking I'm supposed to have a boner right now? Because I'm not sure you'd know. Like you're yeah. just like whatever works to get some tits and ass in here. Like, well, that 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 photo shoot of her after she gets out of the pool. Yeah. Um, which I assume is kind of one of the things you were thinking of. Um, yeah. That to me, I was like, does this have like European? Does this have like French financing? Like the right. fact that they have this <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like how is this happening? I mean, her it's her top is see through. <laughs> Yeah, and and and, like it goes on and on and and on. on. Yeah, that's it's really crazy. The one time I'm on Bronson's side with that when he's getting all angry about it, (laughs) except his version. (laughs) She could catch a death of colds. Like he's an old man till the fucking end. (laughs) It's that thing where you're watching. You're like, okay, I get it. Okay, we get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we get it. Move, move along. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) Also, it's a high school swim meet photographer. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Somewhat online theorized he's from the school paper. And I said, that 40-year-old? I don't <laughs> yeah, think no so. No way. <laughs> right. Not a chance. And also the posing. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> I mean, but that is, I mean, that's part of the confusingness. And it, you know, it happens in every Bronson film. It's like, it. I don't want to hover on it because it is the middle of the movie that is so just the worst stuff. Uh, it's It's the section of the movie that, while I was watching it, I was like trying to remember what movies would I put this in the same category as where like, I don't think it's as bad, but like those movies that when you're a kid, like you rent and you're like, oh, it's going to be like a fun romp. And then you get home and you're like, oof, this <laughs> was more than I bargained for. And like my first thoughts were like, fight for your life. I think it's the name of the movie that like one with the dude from fucking uh, Blade Runner uh uh and uh where it's basically he's just a Southern racist and just the whole movie is just him being racist against a black family it's a really that. rough movie and it was one of those like you gotta watch it it's important in exploitation i watched and i was like why did i do that to myself that wasn't important <laughs> enough or like i spit on your grave where i'm like yeah, yeah it's like great feminist reading but i never need to watch it again or last house on the left which is a movie i think is very important yeah. but i never want to watch ever. last house on the left fucking sucks that movie blows i think it's not but it's it's important you have to put it in the important category, like which means <laughs> yeah. often that it's like, well, nah, it's don't really, it's not great. Uh, uh, but this was one of those movies, and it's like, and it's mostly when you get to when the Japanese businessman's daughter is kidnapped, yeah. and then long rape going on behind closed doors. Okay. But we get uh, it. Like, that's the beauty. Like, it's just like, why? go? Th- we get it's vicious, this world they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's two things to remember. One, this idea that we're hemming and hawing about the politics of the film. They're bad. Yes. Like, yeah. they're not yeah. thought out. No one cared to really think them through. They suck. They're bad politics. Everyone's bad. Like, most yes. of the people are bad. 
the motivation behind making the film is crass and kind of craven because they want to make money. It's bad. You know what I mean? Yes. That scene, again, with his daughter being kidnapped is another moment where I was like, I am impressed with <laughs> the choice being made here. <laughs> Watch your words, Creed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I was, I was, it's, because it, it, it was very effective at creating a true, like, really giving it stakes to some degree, mm-hmm. where there's like, you know, there's like a scene here or there of these girls being trafficked and you don't really see anything happen to them or whatever. And you still don't see it here, but it really, you really feel it. Like by the time, especially like the third guy walking in and just shooting the outside of the door and there's no sound, there's no, they don't go for any kind of, they don't try to play it further than that because of course they'd go to jail. Like they Mm -hmm. can't do that. But I was. But that's thought, where Michael Winner would be like. He was like, "Let's try this. Let's get a <laughs> well, shot yeah. in the room. We'll just one yeah. shot, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Well, that's what I thought was kind of impressive about it. That I and I also for the first time was like, oh, this is like truly horrible. This isn't just like a fun time. This isn't like a fun exploitation movie. This is a horrible thing that has happened to people. Um, right. But. I was impressed with the restraint to some degree. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Was it also that they're all chomping on those prepared sandwiches at the third? The third. Okay, that was so in? weird because I've been to a Thank few coke you. parties. That's the part and there's that no, takes you. There's no, all the holes in your argument, Creed. There it goes. <laughs> there's no finger sandwiches at those parties. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean that sandwich platter that he yeah. puts down, and yeah, I legitimately that's... in my brain as a monster was just like. Oh, not the sandwich guy when he went in to go. <laughs> yeah, he went right yeah. Yeah. I was like, I thought he was just there for the sandos, but it, it's uh, horrible. But but think about how think about how effective that scene is. Like you you walk out of that being feeling like completely gross. Like you're like, that's so fucked up. Right. That's effective. I mean, that's effective filmmaking. It is effective filmmaking. I guess that here's the <laughs> but here's the weird part. It's the weird in between because we are saying kind of two different things throughout this. Is that one they're all monsters and they don't care. But also, there are a lot of these interesting themes going through, which shows that they do care in that specific way, combined with, and this is where I get to wanting to know, I would love to know the machinations of how it worked out, because the ori- there was an original script. Like, the guy who gets the script credit is, what the hell is his name? Harold Nebenzal. Yeah, he's didn't done Nothing. nothing. Right, which is such an, uh, where you're like, really? Out of your five credits, which are nothing, is Kinjite? But then there definitely is a rewrite in there from Mm -hmm. Bronson and a rewrite from Jay Lee. And I think maybe a third person because they basically were like, we also want to make this a Bronson movie. So that's where you get that vacillating tone that's in there. But then I'm also like, when did those themes come in? that are the interesting thing because they are there because I just want to know like was it hair did they stumble who stumbled upon them <laughs> like because they they stumbled upon a surprising amount of interesting themes mm. in not caring at the same time and being weirdly at the end of their ropes all of them in the end of their career yeah and, but well, that's also that's kind of the history of 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 Hollywood especially during the studio system is the, mm-hmm. you'd have these guys who are just like the you know, work working directors, they weren't interested in thematic elements or symbolism. And but through the language of film over years, we understand that that stuff 
is created and by our viewing of it, we interpret things certain ways. I don't think it was particularly intentional. I, I promise you that scene with the girl was shot by a second AD. Jay Lee was not there. I promise you that. Oh, I, I think, I'll take, I believe that promise. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, I think, you know, I think it's really just our collective understanding of cinema history that we can read these themes into it. I don't think for a second that any of these guys <laughs> picked up on it or thought about it. I mean, maybe the religion thing, yeah, was right. a conversation. Um, but maybe I, the religion thing was just a like, yeah, we're different. Like, yeah, more yeah, yeah, of a, like yeah. in this like kind of lazy sort of way that actually they stumbled upon it being that maybe the most interesting aspect of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I do agree. The thing that was the most interesting and confusing was where, again, you're constantly just like in these movies. I think I'm just interested in knowing beyond like that. Does Bronson think he's the person we're supposed to root for in this? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think he probably does because I don't think he would have made the movie otherwise. Right. And that's that's the thing is like always keeping in mind egos and the egos of all of these stars and but then throughout, you're constantly like, wait a second, this is a whole scene that's making you the asshole. Like, again, with the confusingness of, well, it wasn't molestation. It was this like, no, it's not. It's like it ends but up that's being why... this strange, like, whose side am I supposed to be on here? But <laughs> that's why I think that they had that middle scene, which to me feels like they're like, no, we really have to show how bad these people are so that you're more on Bronson's side, no matter how bad he is. And then to me, I'm no Jay Lee Thompson, but it's like, for me, <laughs> Who is? for me, it feels like you could easily have the shot be, he's taking her to the apartment, opens up the door, those two guys are standing there, and he's like, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And they ominously sl- close the door, and it's like, you get enough of that, but that really just like makes it sink down and down. Like you said, effectively, effectively Jay, of like being like, oh, as each guy just kind of goes in, you just yeah. sink further and further down, and you're just like, I can't. It's, I guess for me, it just felt like relentless. To it like, was. It was. To it be is. like, and I guess in that respect, it's it's effective. But then I also am just like, that's where I texted Jeff being like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I think sure. that's why I thought of The Last House on the Left, because it's like in all of the kind of assault scenes and the rape scenes, Last House on the Left, the one moment that I do really like on Last House on the Left is the moment when all the killers like have that little bit like of a moment. They look at each other just like, oof, that really went. Yeah farther than we thought it would like and just like and there is something of like watching this it just kind of like had that it's like that's where i i don't know like i was <laughs> i was like the killers in last house of left of this i was just like Oof, wow i mean it goes with what you're saying jay that's just like unrelenting that part yeah um, but i feel like they put that effective. in there so that because to offset what you said jeff about like it's like are we supposed to sympathize with him because of how uh He's racist. He's like overprotectively kind of sexist. And mm-hmm. so it's like kind of hard to kind of like completely root for him. And he like literally he and his partner killed that guy. You know, I guess I guess he deserves it. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> he just slipped from the guy. It was, like, it was an accident. It was kind of an accident. Yeah. What do we do right. with his shoes now? <laughs> that felt like that's a again a, like a Jay Lee Thompson moment where you're like, I know this is played for laughs, but this, the situation is so heavy that yeah, it's, it's hard grim. to find the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, like, the boots. 
That's the double offset where it's like, this is not one I think they intended to be funny, but I did think it was really funny. It's like, we follow up this super intense scene that is, you know, breaks your brain. And then it's yeah. like the, the young daughter getting a makeover to make her into the sex worker she could be. And it's like all the girls yeah, again eating that sandwiches. That's so fucked up, that scene. And I then there is. In Go my ahead. mind, it just—it was weird that it followed up with her first client. They just made her look exactly oh. like how she looked when they got her, and I was like, "Why yeah. did you go through all that shit?" <laughs> like, oh, it was man, just so guy, weird. Like, and then that, that scene guy was is so terrifying. Yeah. And then the, oh, that yeah, guy they, in the limo. Oh, they also did too many, too many scenes. That, like, there was the lesbian woman that was—I mean, there was like, oh yeah, too many of those scenes. You're sort of like, yes. no, we understand what's happening. But I think <laughs> the idea—I yeah. think the idea was sort of. Because of the way it's structured, where they're like, the, it looks like the trajectory of the film starts off with the pimp, starts off right. with, uh, and then it goes to the molestation on the bus, mm-hmm. and then the pimp is kind of gone, and then it goes kind of back to the pimp, and then they're like, well, now what's the storyline? And they're like, well, let's make the pimp really bad. Like, this is the really bad <laughs> yeah. thing that's happening. So they do all this stuff in the middle, be like, the, remember these bad guys? This is the main thing we're doing. Like, this is what we're after, really. And then they kind of wrap up the molestation thing to sort of the whole the whole anti-Asian sentiment of the film is such a side thought. It's very yeah. odd. Like yeah. that's yeah. the that's the name of the movie. It feels like it's structured towards that. And then what ends up happening is it's about him wanting to kill a child trafficker. You know? Right. Which is so the, then the odd part of the hat on the hat makes it not only in having weird tone shifts like takes away from a very powerful subject that is real, but then also like doesn't give enough due like to both of them. You're just yeah. like, all right, we're not going to really handle the racism thing. And in a weird way, not completely handle that because like we will just go jump back and forth. We're like, no, this is a scene where Bronson's going to yell at Japanese businessmen on the street. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God. And then kind yeah, of like, watching Fox news here. Yeah. I mean, that scene is like, like play it slightly different is a scene in gung ho. Like, it's definitely, right. like, it's, like, could be a comedic scene, like, this, in the 80s. I'm willing to bet that that first draft had a lot more nuance and dealt with that subject probably a lot more. I'm not going to say uh, all this. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, I, I'll say this. This had potential to, if you take what we, the movie we saw, but then you have the title and kind of, like, the idea of culture... This could have been like a early 90s like sliver or a you know a fatal <laughs> sure. attraction type of thing where, yeah, yeah, where Bronson's yeah. in a in in another country and he's like yeah. you know that's not what we do in America and then like they're like let us show you your customs and it kind of becomes like an eyes wide shut type of thing. And then you're like you Michael know, Crichton like, did a pass on this. Oh, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> you know without like all the other stuff but instead it kind of like is this like mashing of ideas and and like themes that just kind of get watered down and mixed well, up. Well, that's what I was saying at the beginning that I had kind of forgotten. I had these sort of bullet points in my head about what the movie was about and like. And I had forgotten. And my main thing, I was like, oh, <laughs> his daughter gets molested on the bus by a Japanese guy. He becomes mm-hmm. racist. And then he goes <laughs> on this crazy rampage against Asian people in L.A. That was my memory of it. Right. And yeah. I knew the oh, I knew the opening scene with the sodomy. That was like obviously a big you know, selling point. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're coming for. <laughs> but, but I, I forgot about it. And then as I was, I was watching the film, I'm like, are we, 
Are we going to have like this sheltering sky to live and die in LA moment where everything pivots to like a different plot line? Uh, That's giving it way more credit than it deserves. But (laughs) um, Michael Mann doing Kijite would be (laughs) great. Dude, that film would be so sick. Oh my God. (laughs) Be the best. (laughs) Sick score. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. So good. (laughs) But. But yeah, no, instead, it is like just too many jammed ideas, which again is a classic canon. Like, oh, yeah. We mentioned in passing, like, there's when we were watching the kind of series of this, this daughter getting degraded in her new life as a sex worker. I, there is something like such, that is so classic, like late 80s, to have like the ultimate beat is that she's going to have to be a lesbian. Like she's gonna have, like it feels so much like Frank, I was yeah. like that is one of those like a move in a sketch in a sketch class where you get in that weird complicated world where you have to explain to the person like I don't know if you intended to be super homophobic here but <laughs> right. you thought your third beat was that ooh they have to be gay was the big move <laughs> yeah. like, and it's a bummer it's the bad for all of us scene where the two guys are kissing at the end just to get the reaction and yeah. it's like oh you didn't have anything here so yeah. you just wanted to get a reaction of two guys kissing yeah cuz it was it was just, but and then they just move on like that's the other part too it's like then it's just like, all right, now we're back to Bronson running around. The ultimate perversion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> ultimate kinjate, if you will. Um, but yeah, and and I also, I mean, this is also around the point where I kept just writing to myself, and we watch a young girl die. Now we have yeah. a fun action movie. Like, like, just like those are the moments where it's like, Bronson can't do enough of a rewrite of a Bronson thing. Like, you still got to go back to this, like, brutal shit that's intercut with Bronson trying to understand poetry from her. But that also trying to get that fucking poem that she wrote him that was small boat beyond horizon, big boat in harbor. And he'd just be like, what the hell could that be? (laughs) You're going to have to translate this for me. Yeah, just like. Jesus Christ, like, have some kind of, you know, just some kind of, uh, you know, uh, like, I, it, some kind of tact here. But, like, also, to me, that felt like a, a scene where they're just like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. When she overdoses. <laughs> I, yeah, I also, but I also felt like it was a bit of, um like, a, a pre-code, like, or, or a code Hollywood thing where the bad guy has to get some comeuppance, like, either mm-hmm. has to die or he has to go to jail. And I saw this as James Pax's penance, like his daughter. Obviously, oh right, right. It could have been. It could have been her being sex trafficked. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. That's but the OD was like the ultimate. Now she's dead. But it was such a throwaway. They really were just like, oh, she's dead. Oh well, (laughs) you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which again, that's the hard part. To translate this for me, what the fuck is this? Always going to be the hard part with the Bronson because those those types of moves happen all the time. But then you are relying on old man Bronson who doesn't give a fuck anymore, who's just going to maybe give a little smile and be like, "That's no good." Oh well, (laughs) moving on. Uh, But yeah, it is just like just it just ended up just being that kind of bummer after bummer. I mean, it was again where one of the last things my wife said before she went to bed was like, this is like giving me shades of that last Rambo movie, and I don't want to deal with that again. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. where it's just like, 
just let something happen here, Schwarzenegger. That's not to this poor girl. <laughs> like, don't let her die. Oh, you're doing it? Okay, cool. Uh, but because it's just too, it's, oh, it's, it's too much. Countered with fun music, then. That's the hard part. Every once in a while, then you're like, <laughs> oh, right, we're back in an action movie. I think that's the weird part of having these fun songs. That I'd be like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I just watched all of this really punishing stuff. And then I'm sitting here also going, I wonder who did that. I wonder what that yeah. movie like. Oh, that's a fun little action scene there. Yeah, who pl- who played the slap bass on this one? <laughs> you get Tony <laughs> Levin in on this one? Oh, I'm into that, man. Uh, uh, but because that is just, I also like, I get like in there uh, at one point, I just think of music now. The daughter, I swore she was listening to REO Speedwagon, which really took me out of it, too. <laughs> like, if you could tune a fish or something, like a deep cut on that. But again, because like I'm like, I now I'm just thinking about, are there all these like hidden songs in this? Because I was into the music. It's a bummer when you're like, There's I'm not into the, the movie, but I'm into the music. Like it's, it's starting to hurt my brain a little bit. Because um, <laughs> I went to the end to see if what the music credits were, and there were only three three there mm-hmm. and they weren't like they were they they used so much that they did not pay for yeah, yeah, yeah. of course they definitely so much i mean when we got where was it, it must have been the crane scene now again just thinking of music like i was like i know it's just because it's on my brain and it's all i've been thinking about the past couple of weeks but i swore just the guitar part at first, I was like, are they going to use Brian Ferry's Is Your Love Strong Enough? God. Like, without paying for it? Those jerks? Like, because it was just, it had the beginning part. And I was like, this is all right. Now we're talking a movie here. Yeah, I just, it's, it's, I mentioned the cray that, like, I think it's just like, then that's the, we- I think that's the ultimate weirdness to me a lot of times with this movie. And it happens again with a lot of Bronson movies is just like, it just turns into a weird old man action <laughs> film right at the end. Like- well, and also, but that was like the, and I think at the time, obviously we didn't have the the same sort of understanding, but looking at it now, I was like, this is like a video game level. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you get on the crane and the crane's spinning, it doesn't stop spinning, and then the car yeah. is after you, and you got to, you know, you have to the time it out thing, just right. Yeah. yeah, and the whole thing was like, this is like a boss level on a video game. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bronson's but, in Dragon's Lair. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like shit, I didn't move left. <laughs> that was, but that was the thing, and this is my this is my sort of full takeaway on the film of why I think it's kind of an interesting Bronson film is I was most bored during the action parts. I was like, yes. I don't care about this fucking shit. <laughs> Well, because he's beyond where he's beyond where he can pull it off. Like he could hardly pull it off before, and then he's beyond. And then Jay Lee or the second unit guy is not putting that much. Like I'm, I was like starting to zone out during the crane start of, and I was like, I should be paying the most attention here. But I was also getting frustrated because I was like. You're just being a bad cop again. That's the other theme of every Bronson movie. It's not just that he's a bad cop moral-wise. He always is just a shit cop. So, like, they're sneaking up on Duke, but then Duke's just sitting there with binoculars, just like, yeah, watching these two old biddies (laughs) talk to each other in the car, like, about pot roast again. But, yeah, what were you going to say, Frank? I will will say that this does break the... um the pattern of if you're Bronson's wife or daughter, something bad's going to happen to, I guess, well, something bad does happen to his daughter. Yeah. It was like his wife at least lives in this one. 
Yeah. Because yeah. usually yeah. if you get close to Bronson, then it's like, you're done. Thank God. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Uh, also, that yeah. she was like a sort of a sexual progressive. I thought that was kind of a funny choice. <laughs> yeah. right. She was always like, you're like, oh, you're being such a grandma, Charles. Like, you know, what are you I worried mean, about? His, his zipper hanging down. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> she is 40 years younger than him. So, you know. True. Yeah, I, yeah, I should least. hope. God. At least. I mean, that's I mean. Frank, when was Murphy's Law? What year was that? Do you remember? That was 87, I think. Because, uh, I mean, um, even 87, we had to deal with Bronson almost boning. You know? Ugh. like right. So yeah, he was 68. They, they had that flirty scene. That flirty was 10 till midnight gets, after? Uh, 10 till midnight before. before. Yeah. yeah. Because that's the one where he has, like, a son or a daughter, and they that's the love affair. It's like his yes. young partner and his daughter. Yep. So that was the beginning of me being like, well, they're done with having him have sex. Thank you. Yeah, 86 is Murphy's Law. Okay. Okay, he could definitely still pull that off. It definitely was (laughs) believable. (laughs) Hey, dick snot, I want to fuck. And then 80, (laughs) yeah, 83 was 10 to midnight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, out of, I mean, yeah. I still, 10 to midnight, the best out of all those. I I love 10 to midnight. (laughs) Oh, it's a great, that's a great movie. That one works really well. Um, I think that's the other weird part. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about it before, but like it's now rewatching also through the lens of the band, Charles Bronson, (laughs) like everyone, like I'm constantly like, oh, that's where it came from. Oh, that's where that one is from. 10 to midnight's the only one I ever really knew because that's the only one I think I ever actually watched, watched. Yeah, that's a big, I mean, that's a big line. And also that actor who plays the killer is great. Mm -hmm. And he, he's the, um, he plays the transvestite in Cruising. That, yeah. 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 Yeah, He's awesome. That guy's great. I I think he's, he is really good. Another 10 to midnight, another one where Bronson has weird sexual politics. Like (laughs) all angry at him. Like Bronson's character has been just like, remember, I was like, He's got so now we're going and I want to know if there are more. There are two Bronson movies where he's shaking a sexual device in someone's a dildo, face. Yeah. But yeah, and that one he's shaking the pocket pussy. And right. This one yeah. he's shaking the vibrator until he shoves up someone's ass. Um, Do you think that maybe he had a, a a time on set where he was being a little loose and goofy, and then he's like using it as a prop to make the like crew laugh? Where he's like, "Hello, is anybody there?" I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around. Yeah, just being like, hey, 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 I got a gift for you. Yeah, just kidding. I hope so. I hope just him and Jay Lee were gilded up on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Make- he puts it on the craft table just as a prank, you know. Like- Anybody see the new chips they've got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. You got I- Brunson. And then, so, you know, it ends how <laughs> I guess this movie should. I like- mean, this was like. <laughs> <laughs> the the car should have gone off the cliff and that should have been the end of the goddamn movie for fuck's yeah. sake. This whole but I mean of course I knew this was coming a mile away. Yes. It was fun to see Danny Trejo. What a fun little Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Uh, Runaway right train co- a connection. The minute Duke wasn't drowning and was and then also went into a goof like I can't swim. I can't swim. Yeah. I was like, "Ugh, this isn't going to be good for the end." No. But but also at the end Duke plays it great again it's yeah. like a real scene yeah. of like horrible a horrible thing's gonna happen it's kind of played for laughs like people are trying to make it light and yeah. he's like he's traumatized yeah he and again is. it it creates a tone that is is con- confounding to its core you never know yeah. what you're supposed to how you're supposed to react to it which is <laughs> the beauty i mean again it happens in 
uh, I mean, Frank, we've talked just like so many canon films where it's like, it's not that you don't have good, you have great actors. Yeah. Like great actors really pulling something out of something confusing. They need to do a pay to get a paycheck. Uh, I mean, hell, we just talked about it with Oliver Reed and Gore. I mean, right. and he is fucking drunk He's my off his I fucking love, yeah. ass. And yeah, he is great in that movie. Uh, he is he's the best. He's a fantastic actor, yeah. Yeah, he's and he's yeah. hardly paying attention being in that movie. Yeah. And he is still better than everyone in that fucking yeah. terrible well, movie. Well, I, th- I think a big part of it, too, is that there's no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no singular force that's like, hey, guys, so we're making this movie. This is the tone of it. This is yeah. what we're kind of going for. Yeah, so every yeah. actor is on their own being like, well, you know, he's force feeding me a watch and I'm getting sodomized and I'm about to drown. Like, so like that seems crazy to me. So I'm going to play it straight. And everyone's like, yeah. no, it's actually a joke. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Cause we're also like, even on the, you know, obviously from the top end, like we're constantly shocked when Golan or Globus actually don't like something. When we'll find something that they're just like, that was yeah. the thing they were pissed about. And you're like, really? Like, out of everything that's happened, that's the one? Like, some yeah. set design in Masters of the Universe or some random right. thing? You're like, okay, I mean, there, I could give you a list, but I love you guys. You just love film. Uh, you know, I've never seen anyone that loves film that much. But, yeah, I just, like, it. it is exactly, it is how it should end. I mean, a Bronson little smile and just being like, just like that's justice. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and also, is that is that the takeaway? That is that justice? Like this whole? I mean, obviously, that's, his whole <laughs> his whole career is predicated on an eye for an eye style of justice. So I guess right. that's yeah, the, yeah. With again, it's the confusing. Like that was the we might I might have mentioned it before, but like we this is I want to say the third fourth Bronson film where he's had a speech where he's yelling at the chief. About like, yeah. what do you expect me to do? Like, uh, you were yeah. gonna—they're gonna be back out on the street in a half hour. Like, it's just like he says the same fucking speech every time, yeah, which right. then adds to the confusion again. It's like, are you are you saying we should go for justice or not? Do you even know anymore? Like, it makes it, it makes more sense when you're just fucking death wishing it, and I know you're just fucking you just want everything to happen to you <laughs> again. Rubbing those two dollars. <laughs> for the ice cream fucking come on my life is boring i want to shoot some people um but yeah it's just like it it, it's it 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 ends exactly how a j lee thompson charles bronson late 80s last canon film should end (laughs) with confusingness of just like wait what (laughs) that's your takeaway i don't know what your takeaway is it is i guess kind of perfect there are also there's this level of of we've been watching Charles Bronson movies forever and obviously this death wish persona is the is the persona and that film is a very very good film and yes. it's a thoughtful film yes. and it's an interesting film yeah. and then in the same sense of like First Blood or the first Rocky film these yep. are really good films they're 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 thoughtful films they take the character seriously and then it's just taking this actor and boiling him down and boiling him down and boiling him down until he's like <laughs> this caricature like well we like this one the one thing about this character we like is this and right. then he's got to do that forever <laughs> yeah yeah and a, and i you know had a half and half i'm sure of just like not giving a fuck and being pissed about it like of course like, i'll just get yeah. through it like i'll just yeah. do this whatever um sometimes can bring his wife on as a producer or have his wife there you know like and then it's yeah. just like great it's a family affair and they can eat together 
it all works. But yeah, I, I, it, it's, I don't. It is an, it's an amazing, it's an amazing end to a track run. Like it's, it definitely throws you off throughout yeah, the whole fucking movie. And I think it's important to say before we we end this is that Jay Lee Thompson, like we've been kind of dragging him throughout the podcast, but you know. He does a decent job here. Yeah. Nothing. Totally. But but he's yeah. made a lot of really, really fantastic films, particularly Eye of the Devil from 1962. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but, mm-hmm. you know, this post sort of Wicker Man, uh, naturalist horror, like culty. It's amazing with David Niven and Deborah Kerr. It's just a great, great film. He made Happy Birthday to Me, which is a really fun slasher yep. movie. And then he made The Reincarnation of Peter Proud, which is a completely insane I don't know if you guys know this movie. I never saw that. Um, it is nuts. It's from 75, and it's, I would say, sort of sisters-level De Palma-esque okay. craziness. Um, and a really, I mean, and it's more, again, more interesting than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he he's, you know, this is beyond like the Guns of Navarone and Planet of the Apes and all that. Yes, kind of stuff, which is which is great as well. But he had he he made some really interesting films, and he's not a lightweight. Like he's not some you know Johnny Come Lately. Like this guy had has done his work, and at this point, doesn't he? He's like dead in a couple of years after this, right? I or think something? so. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this really is a is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a weird one to go out on, but it, you know, he he had a great career, and he's a, a fascinating guy. And I and we are like it's 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 a you know a lot of his final films are just a weird way to go and it, it does like it it because that's what we mire in is just the world of what he does in the canon films he certainly does a better job than what wasn't it Robert O'Ragland Frank for Messenger of Death oh uh, God fucking, yeah yeah like which yeah. is just fucking pure Columbo. Like it's just pure like no they they, they shoot like the in week. the middle of the day the brightest sun possible like it My just God. looks complete movie, dog shit the whole yes. time yeah yeah no that's the thing is like for Bronson there's oh like it's it's it is a punishing watch Kinjite but it's still a like you're gonna get enough Bronson in there versus like I would still probably rather watch Kinjite than Messenger of Death because <laughs> Messenger oh my of Death God. Is, God I would yeah. too. Best of Death yeah. is just fucking boring and is not like is yeah, yeah. the ultimate in uh, uh, selling you on a different movie than what we actually have to fucking watch <laughs> watching that thing. But um, I also think about with Kinjite is that there are certain films that I'll watch and be like, I don't think I like this. But then yeah. I'll think about it nonstop for years. <laughs> I thought about Kinjite like basically once a month for a decade where I was right. like, that movie's <laughs> right. nuts. You know, yes. and I, to me, if that's not a sign of some kind of cinematic success, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's it leaves an impression on you. Yeah, that's I yeah. mean, y- you'll remember it and you'll tell people about it. and You'll be like, that movie is crazy, you yes. know, and it, and it makes people want to watch it because it is so unhinged in its politics, its structure, its performances, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's incredibly memorable film in, in its own way yeah i agree i definitely agree <laughs> i mean i'm so glad we finally watched it honestly <laughs> like i'm yeah. just like i you know i also like this is one where like every couple of months i was like maybe i'll just watch kinjite tonight 
Final. I don't know. Well, Let's watch Kenja Tay. Well, tonight's tonight's Kenja Tay night. <laughs> it's definitely the one that our listeners brought up the most. <laughs> Oof, can't wait to see what your take on Kenja Tay. Yeah, is. a lot of people bring that up, being like, "Can't wait till you get to Kenja Tay," and we're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Man, you know, we and we we avoided a lot of uh, there's there's the priest has a couple that those scenes have a couple pitfalls, too. And you, oh, yeah, we did, we did. I think yeah. we did good. We did yes. good. No, I mean, that is always going to I mean, it's also always the theme of everything I love is that monsters make these things <laughs> and uh, there's a beauty in it as well. <laughs> like, in, you know, like I I, I don't know. Uh, Kijite, Kijite is a great uh example of to me that idea of just like uh, being an adult is that you can have two different ideas in your brain like you know and that all everyone making art does not have to match up with your fucking what you think no. how the world works that is the craziest way to kind of go about living and and also having some sort of window into the inner workings of some crazy pervert nutso person is very entertaining mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what is art. If you if you can't express all of your weird perversions, then why are we even doing this? You know? Right. It doesn't I mean, I do think like that's a you know, it's a different it's not in the perversion world, but uh, you know, mentioning Oliver Reed, like we've talked about, like that Hellraiser's book about all yeah. four of that is just like such a classic book because it's just like, oof, wow. Like just different times. Just like yeah, yeah, and just yeah. a wild ride. Like, you know, like uh uh, from these uh, uh, amazing people who are also flawed human beings, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, mean that's why we read those biographies too. We, yeah. we don't read about celebrities who are nice, you know. No, but who gives a shit? <laughs> right. Honestly, exactly. Uh, do we have any final Kinjite thoughts we missed? Uh, looking through my notes here. Yeah. Um, it's that sleaze bag, Duke. I forgot that they after they almost kid one. Oh, we never mentioned that the, like their best place to get teenage prostitutes is that an arena arena football league. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where that they, was like, spying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there and was some sort of like tax break for that. I don't know what. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah. must have. Been, I mean, certainly the first woman they found. I was like, way too old. What are you doing? That is like, that's not gonna work for your needs, Duke. I understand what you're doing here, um, but then yeah, them like trying to pick up those hitchhikers. But then, like, oh yeah, get them both and diversify. <laughs> yeah, diversify. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, yeah. and then pretty amazing that Duke was just like, ah, <laughs> eh, fuck that. Like, let's mow down a deli <laughs> yeah. with a yeah. Uzi. Good move into it. Um, uh, oh boy, Bronson just being racist to a random Indian guy like oh, felt yeah. terrible. Oh, I was yeah, just like, yeah, that just opening throwing scene. that one. Yeah, in. but that the thing is that that sets the table. You're like, this is the guy. We're yeah. dealing with here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. When he's yelling at the at oh, the uh, when he's when they're stuck in traffic and he's yelling at the crowd and he's he's telling his partner he's like you know uh, we said they're taking over we're sucking hind tit. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like what Old man. Uh, he's <laughs> obsessed with food. He shoves those hot dogs in Duke's face. Uh, well, and th- that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that. You know, they they do the hot dog in Duke's face, and then they have to cut back to him with the mustard on his face. It was clearly like maybe a day later, or, or <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> so they do this mustard, yeah. this mustard <laughs> treatment on his face, where it's like <laughs> the insane. Someone part just if is you can see that... like handprints, someone wiping it across yeah. his forehead, and across, yeah, 
The insane part is not that he shoves hot dogs in his face. The insane part is if Bratz is using that much mustard. It's a lot of mustard. Yeah, I mean, that's an insane amount of mustard. I like mustard. mustard. I told you, I don't like mayonnaise. For a West Coast hot dog eater, that's a lot of mustard. Exactly. Sure. It's just one of my proclivities. Well, um, remember in Murphy's Law, he said he doesn't like mayo, so. That's true. He does have a whole condiment theme that he's got running through <laughs> well, his movies. One of the notes I made was that the the daughter's friend says, he is extreme. And my, my note was, with oh, mustard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very worried that was going to be the beginning of our Murphy's Law sexual like oh, I know. contingency yeah. and i was oh, like yeah. please yeah. don't do this to me um, wait yeah but like what was the point That's <laughs> this bag of shit is, is like... rutted little girls sorry <laughs> just what's see, that this bag of shit is rutted little girls oh <laughs> <laughs> just random bronson lines sorry but what, what did they say? i thought when they left their seats they were gonna try to kidnap bronson's daughter but instead they just decided to talk shit to him like, what was the plan? Yeah. Well, they were looking for a girl. They saw Bronson in the stands, and they're like, all right, yeah. we'll go. That's the same thing they did with the, the deli. Oh, the, the, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's so mad. I mean, as one would be after being force-fed a watch and your car is lit on fire. He still hasn't <laughs> yeah. pooped it out by that point, you know? Like, oh, God, like, yeah. He doesn't know what time it is. That should have been the ending. <laughs> yeah. That's justice, is him having to shit out <laughs> that watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, By the way, it is insane that Rita picks up on the racism of her dad, but also makes sense in how the world works. Uh, she's right. Ra- the daughter's she's racist. racist. She's racist more she's to that so, guy. Yeah. To the cop. I in don't the, know. Like, the station, the detective. That, she's like racist to him. Was yeah. And Japanese, then the, then, Chinese or Korean. How can you even tell? <laughs> and then the cop's like, I understand. We do all look alike. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. This guy's soul just died having to deliver this line. I know. I know. LA not time really, specific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just being like, okay, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Fuck this. I'm going <laughs> to cash this check. Oh, God damn it. Oh, with <laughs> zombies. Oh, my parents won't see this movie. Let's just get this fucking done with. <laughs> I did forget about the weird, this is not an artful moment on there, but the weird slow zoom in on that cop who was just, yeah. when they're like, or like a Japanese businessman, that should narrow it down. Yeah, there are only about 25,000 Japanese businessmen. Like he's telling us about yeah. a zombie outbreak. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. I don't know what to tell you, man. No, that was a really weird moment. Um, he He could come with his wife because they were vulnerable in LA. Just wanted to throw out that uh, Lightning could come with his wife. That was a whole scene that we had to watch for a while. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about that. Was yeah. it positive they were having sex and that I think she was just squeezing his... What a weirdly tame sex sex, yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. confusing all around. Um, so this was the last movie that Bronson did do with Canon Films, but it's not the last movie he did with Golan. Oh, really? Yeah, because in 1994, he did Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, with just Golan producing it. Oh, okay. I mean, so we'll be doing Death Wish 5 just because of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, I mean, so that was after the split. Was that in the, wait, but was that in the weird Night Terrors production company? Yeah, I think that might have been the World Pictures type of era. odd logo. Was nice, great Canon logo at the beginning. That was the that was the top of the line. I love that Canon logo. Yeah, it's uh, great. Yeah, didn't even bother with the ridiculously long theme song. They just went straight into that jazzy music. Um, uh, yeah, uh, got a kick to the nuts there. He did all of his old man moves. You know, <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think I, I think uh, those that's all I got. I think we yeah. we hit it all. Um, uh, yeah, I, I all I have is a few more notes that I don't feel comfortable saying out loud. So I think <laughs> we're probably pretty good. <laughs> I'll just put these finger sandwiches here and yeah. walk out the door. We'll, uh, we'll put it up on the Patreon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you want to hear what Jay really thinks, <laughs> join our Patreon. Yeah. Uncut. Too hot for podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish. Um, uh, awesome. Man. So this is where we do our rating system. So we do the canon rating system, which means Ooh. not whether it's good or bad, but how canon is this movie in the scope of canon films to you, Jay, out of one to ten canons? <sighs> I've been thinking about this, and it's really hard because the idea of having to try to define a canon film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, in terms of the way I think about how Canon has run their business. Uh, I would say it's a 10 out of 10 Canon film. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's completely, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And it's got, it's got all of the tropes that you would want. It's got an old star, an old director. Uh, It's completely exploitative. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, you know, plays on racism, xenophobia, and, uh, it's pretty canon. I mean, I'm going to go, I, I mean, 10's crazy. I'll go nine. I'll go nine canons. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. I mean, it is It is really like they, they go out in a blaze of glory. Like yeah. <laughs> like this this duo is and with canon just like really checks off a lot of the boxes, especially from this era of canon. And even just the fact that this came out the same time as Cyborg and Kickboxer and then also this like is just a wild ride of just thinking of their business plan. Um God speeds to them. Yeah, I'm giving it nine cannons, Frank. Yeah, same. It's got it's Reynolds wraps uh Reynolds wrapped um cannon sleeves. <laughs> like it's it's there. It's like, you know, it's got that that kind of like it's got all of the hallmarks of canon with like kind of confusing like why did they make this choice and then also with like great actors who are in it too but they're not really doing like uh playing great parts but they're still elevating the parts to like the level probably shouldn't deserve yeah uh and it's just like there's yeah there's a grossness to it there's a filth there and there's a it's all there it's all canon like it's it's (laughs) It's all canon baby if this were another studio, if this were like a Vestron or a like New World Pictures, you'd be like, I, "This feels more like a canon to me." Like just through and through, it's a <laughs> yeah. canon, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Oh man, Kinjate, we did it. I was about to say, Kinjate, we love you, and let's not go crazy here. Like, again, like, <laughs> yeah. Let's not pull that as a soundbite. <laughs> I always, I will say, forbidden <laughs> subjects. My main line is when someone asks me, I say, I can't really recommend it, but that's normally my start with. (laughs) Which are some of the best movies that have ever existed. (laughs) That's the the best way to do it. Um, uh, Jay, where can people find you out in the world? Uh, Well, I have uh, my Instagram is at this Jay Green. It's uh, green, like the color, no E at the end. Um, and I post most of my stuff on there and I have a website, jasongreen.org and that's J-A-Y-S-O-N, uh, green, like the color.org and all my stuff's up there as well. And yeah. Yeah. And check out that 24 hour video podcast. I'm Please excited do. to listen and check out the year vice record. 
It's yeah. decade in the making. <laughs> uh, I'm going to well, be like Jay Lee and I'm going to die two weeks after the thing comes out. Well, it's good knowing you, buddy. I'm glad this was your swan song. <laughs> um, but Jay, thank you so much for doing this. This was so fun. And thanks for having me. Frank, where can the people find us? They can find us on the socials at uh, on Twitter at the Canon Canon. And on Instagram at the Canon Canon. Remember that second Canon is one in. And you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash the Canon Canon. Again, that second Canon is one in. And we appreciate you all for joining on that. Uh, and so until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is the, the Canon Canon. Is it time for dinner yet? <laughs> <laughs>